Do you want to see Ryan and Josh mukbang on Twitch? Leave us a like, comment, and or review. It's Morning Radio, TBD. That's not entirely a hollow threat. Like, we'll, we'll do just about anything uh, to get a like, comment, or review. So, uh, yeah, please uh, please help the algorithm find us. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. Pudding cup mukbang. I mean, it would be... I, I, you know what? I do think that our, our listeners would, would tune in for something like that. Yeah. It sounds really dirty. And if you don't know what a mukbang is, we're not going to tell you. Just look it up. Yep. Just look it up. Or just let your mind wander. I'm fine with that, too. <laughs> but, I mean, that's that, that, with a lot of the um, uh, like Gen Z um, sort of their lexicon, right? Their, their slang. Some of it just sounds really like wild, like chuggy. I still don't know that I completely have my head around what it means, but that's because I'm not Gen Z, <laughs> so like, you know, I, I, it's it's not native to me. But the the word just sounds dirty uh, out of context. It does. It's great. It's a it's a great word. Whoever invented it, I. It's a solid word. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I would endure any level of Gen Z slang any day of the week. I will do that before I will do Urban Dictionary. Oh, really? Okay. Urban Dictionary, just uh, nine times out of ten, uh, it, it, it's, it's hella cringe to me. I mean, it, Urban Dictionary, I feel like at one point, it was like a cultural touchstone. Like, people mm-hmm. would always be like, well, have you looked it up on Ur- Urban Dictionary? Like, it used to be like a game, like, look your own name up on Urban Dictionary and find out what, like, your name means on Urban Dictionary. Um, I... I it's it's interesting as a quote unquote slang translator. Is it really something people use anymore, or is it has it gone the direction of like original Wikipedia, where anybody could edit it, and therefore there's so much incorrect information floating around in there? It's like what's what's the use? Well, yeah, um, I, I think at this point it's just kind of like a meme. Okay, I figured. You know, or maybe it's just we've moved on out of that circle of the internet. That, yeah, that, it, that's true. That's true. I do occasionally, you know, get articles from like Business Insider or Wall Street Journal that are like, here's what Gen Z means when they say these words. And, and I'm, I always read them with with fascination just because I, I enjoy words, you know, like it, being a writer. I just I love I love words. I love the way that people use them. I love the evolution of language and the way that it's constantly in a state of reinvention. Um but part of me feels very old and out of touch that I'm going to, you know, the Wall Street Journal as my trusted resource on what the Gen Z kids are saying these days. Like, I, I can't think of anything that makes me sound older than that. Well, you didn't have to choose the Wall Street Journal. It's not like I like went and sought it out. It's just those are the push notifications I get. Ah, yes. I'm a slave to the push notification. Like, I mean, like the rest of us. Yes. Well, you mentioned you you love words. I do. You're a creative soul. Uh, yeah. uh, real quick, I need two adjectives and a plural noun. Two adjectives and a plural noun. Let's yeah. see. For adjectives, let's let's do let's do opposite ends of the spectrum. Let's uh, let's do grimy. Grimy is a good adjective. That is a good adjective. Yeah. And uh, for your other one, um, let's do verdant. I know that kind of means like greenish, but I, I like I like the idea of verdant. That seems like the opposite of grimy. Okay. And then a plural noun. Yeah. Chairs. Okay. Cool. Those are good words. Great choice. Great yeah, choices. Know. I appreciate that. Um, 
Yeah, it's a, it, on the spot. wasn't wasn't necessarily prepared to come up with adjectives and nouns, but hey, this is this is what we're this is what we're here for. I like you're it. doing. Yeah, you're doing well so far. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we are recording this on the morning of Wednesday, August twenty third. Yeah. So a little earlier than we typically do. So uh, as such, this episode is not going to be as topical to yeah. like you know. 24-hour news cycle current events, <laughs> which I think is probably fine. We could probably yeah. take a break from some of that. Yeah. Uh, like I, I joked about being a slave to push notifications, but if you're trying to do commentary on the 24-hour news cycle in a weekly podcast form, you're always behind and you're always getting angry about something. So, um, yeah, I think <laughs> I think backing off a little. Although I am disappointed that we will not be covering the uh, the first Republican debate Um I, if only because I think that there's going to be better content in later ones, but I think this one has the best potential to be a complete shit show. It could be. We'll we'll come back to it. That we'll come mm-hmm. back to that idea. We um, will. There, there has been some stuff that's that's caught my attention uh, this week. Uh, first of all, our our top story should be this week: the Shredder's Revenge DLC drops. Ah, so, uh, that's right. Yes, if you bought Turtles Shredder's Revenge a year ago. Uh, you're getting some extra content in there. I don't know what the price point is. Uh, is I want to say it's probably like 10 bucks or whatever. There's some free stuff that they'll add in, but okay. for all the stuff, I think it's probably like 10, 15 bucks or something. Gotcha. Uh, but you get to unlock Usagi Yojimbo. Uh-huh. Yep. And you get Karai. So that's kind of cool. That is cool. It, yeah. it, it's funny. You, you talk about um, Shredder's Revenge in, in a year ago, and in my head, I'm like, I remember us talking about Shredder's Revenge a year ago on the podcast, except it wasn't this one because this one we get started months later. Uh, it was the cinema podcast, and we had a running gag in season one that we would bring up the Ninja Turtles in every single episode. We managed to do, I think there was like maybe one episode I didn't bring them up, but we, we found a way to work them in in almost every single episode. Well, so to be fair, I, I know which one you're talking about, and the only reason that it wasn't in that episode was because it was part of the conversation that we cut for time. And so that oh. that Turtles conversation comes up in the bonus episode we put together for season one that would go on and inspire Morning Radio TVD, but that's where the Turtle conversation from that episode uh, is. And I, I'm not going to give it away. If, like, if, if you all want to actually find out what we're talking about, Go super sleuthing through the early episodes of uh, of cinema and uh, see if you can find the one episode in season one that does not have a turtles call out in it because it got cut. I like how you're challenging people to boost the listener numbers. I I, yeah, I mean now that you've given it away, I think we've just we've lost the ghost on this one. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me two nouns. Uh, two nouns. Um, Let's see. Uh, let's do. Let's do something a little wacky, like a cyborg. I think that's a good cyborg is a good noun. And I've now given th- two nouns that start with C. So let's let's uh, let's deviate a little bit. Um, we'll go with. Uh, well, what's what's outside the window? Nothing particularly interesting. Um, hot tub. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I guess a hot tub is a noun. Yeah, yes. right. I mean, it's it, a thing. Hot is an adjective, but it's you know, it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a thing. Is, so. ja- is jacuzzi closer? That more nounish? May uh, yeah, yeah. I can go with jacuzzi. I think jacuzzi is one of those words that's like that's the brand. The brand. You know, like people ask for a Kleenex, but they're asking for for a facial tissue. tissue. Yes. Yes. 
the the word I'm most guilty of is frisbee. Oh, frisbee is a brand. Yeah, is it just disc? I think it's like flying disc or flying disc interest or something. Okay, very interesting, huh? Yeah, I I guess I didn't realize that frisbee was a brand. I mean, I remember when uh, Marty McFly discovers the frisbee pie tin and <laughs> makes a comment about how it's far out, and everybody's like, I don't know what he was talking about. It was right in front of him. Yep. That is a super subtle joke in Back to the Future 3, which is not a movie full of subtle jokes. That's a very subtle joke that uh, I enjoy is when he holds up the Frisbee pie tin and goes, far out. And uh, the Old West McFlies were like, well, what was that all about? And the other one's like, I don't know. It was right in front of him. And you have to like think about it. Like It's not it's not far, physically far out. It's right in front of him. And so I was like, ah, it's just... Again, people who don't understand the slang, just having a having a moment. No, it, it ties in perfectly with what we were just talking about a minute ago, where yep. you know, <laughs> generational divide and uh, the way lingo overtakes us. And that was unplanned. Yeah. Well, you know that that's why we are just dynamite. That it is what why <laughs> it is why we are dynamite at what we do. Yes. <laughs> um, a, a thing I want to mention because it uh-huh. is kind of topical. It will. Have all run its course by the time this episode comes out. But uh, Hurricane Hillary's emails. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Hurricane Hillary, Tropical Storm Hillary. Uh, I think that's the first U.S. landfall yeah. uh, storm of the season. Yeah. And it hit California. It hit California. Southern California and tore up through the southwest. Yeah. Up the west. And that is astounding. It is. Th- yeah, there it's... hasn't been a California hurricanes since 1939 yeah and i i think it was still a hurricane when it made landfall i so because there i've heard two numbers getting thrown around one is first hurricane in 80 years the other is first xyz in 25 years or something like that 20 26 and i guess like it's a it's the last time they had a tropical storm was in the early or the late 90s and this by the time it reached certain parts of california was considered a tropical storm um, but either way, it is it, it is a significant historical event that that something a storm of this kind made landfall in California. It did, and it was uh, it was astounding. And you just see, I, I'm looking at all these different videos and images of uh, of the damage because their infrastructure out there is not designed for this for this kind of disaster. Yeah. No, you're not prepared for rainfall levels of this magnitude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, really not. But, um, you know, like last week you were talking about um, the impacts of climate change and uh, the fact that the oceans are just warmer in general is one of those things that will will impact the West Coast getting more and more hurricanes. Um, you know, if the Atlantic Ocean is 100 degrees, the Pacific Ocean is much colder, but it's it, it, if the Atlantic Ocean is 100 degrees, the Pacific Ocean is definitely going to be warmer than than it usually is, which is what creates the conditions for hurricanes and tropical storms. Yes, I think I went out to uh, the the beach there in the Pacific recently, and I think the water temp hit 70. So I was like, ooh, I might be able to get in the water today. That is quite warm for the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being facetious. The Pacific water is so freaking cold. People yeah. go to the beach on the West Coast. Uh, props to you, because that is some cold water. It is. It's, it is it is much colder than, uh, than the Atlantic. But there's just more of it. And it's deeper, right? I mean, the the Pacific is much deeper than it, it, yeah, yeah. It is it is a much deeper ocean. Uh, the the hurricane hit 
And people are like, oh, my God, all these storms, where are we? And California is like, let me remind you and gave them an earthquake at the same time. Yeah. Talk about like the weirdest double whammy. Like I think people were calling it like a a, a hurricane quake or something like that or an earthquake or something like something ridiculous. And and a lot of people had to like actually step in and say, this is not a real meteorological event. This is a this is weather impacting or, or running into tectonic <laughs> movement. Yeah. Which the two are not necessarily that we understand linked to one another. It was just a shitty coincidence. Yeah. And it's a 5.1. So it, right. that's not a major one. I think the NPR news correspondent was like, I slept through it. I didn't, I didn't even know <laughs> it happened. Uh, which is why I feel comfortable joking about it because it yeah. was not devastating. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if there was a major earthquake during the storm? Well, and it presents some really interesting um, and actually horrifying, I think is a better word, logistical challenges. Like, what do you do, uh, you know, when when there's an earthquake where and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm actually I'm, I'm actually not clear on this. But when there's an earthquake, aren't you supposed to get outside because there is like less potential for falling debris in your house or something like that versus I, I do not know. Yeah. I, uh, I, people from California, if you're listening, let us know. Uh, in in the comments, like let us know what is your course of action. Like what yeah. are you? What are you supposed to do, to do when when there's an earthquake? I'm I'm curious if it conflicts with you know what the what you're commonly supposed to do during a hurricane or a, a tropical storm. And you know the idea of buildings shaking so much that their foundations open up and then just letting tons of flood water in. Like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of horrifying implications. And it is perfect fodder. For people who write those sci-fi channel movies, um, look for Hurricane coming soon. Hurricane is... <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. They're going to talk about how they've developed technology to predict 9.1 uh, earthquakes or something like that. And they know one's going to happen at the same time that this hurricane is making landfall. And yet, did, uh, did Sleepy Joe Biden try to nuke the hurricane? Nope. He did not try and nuke not. the nope. Didn't try and nuke the hurricane, and he didn't try and nuke the earthquake either. I'm pretty sure, as I understand it, if you explode enough uh, nuclear weapons in a fault line, it stops it from shaking. I think that's the science. Yes, correct. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. And and Biden didn't try either one of those, so um, it really is on him. It really is on him. It is his track record recently. I'm I'm kind of annoyed by it. Uh, yeah. He he didn't try to nuke the hurricane, and he took his sweet time going out to Maui. Uh, in all legitimacy, I am pissed about that. I have I have kind of conflicting feelings about that. Okay. Because it's, I would say, before Obama. Like, Obama got the, the nickname Consoler-in-Chief. Right. Uh, <clears throat> one, because he went to every, like, major event. He was he made sure he was mm -hmm. there on the ground, putting in a presence, and, and trying to see what he could do. Right. Two... There was also a ton of it that just happened during Obama's eight years. So yep. there was a lot of it. The argument that's put forth from like Biden's administration and everything is that he was like trying to stay out of the way. Mm. He was like, they have a process. They need to figure out like what they got to do. I'm just going to step back and kind of let them do their thing. I just don't know that I agree with that. It's like, no, there's, there's a precedent now. You need to put it in an appearance. Uh, so... <sighs> 
from a from a cynical, strictly political standpoint, one, I think that humanitarian disasters are a slam dunk for anybody to gain goodwill in 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 a national spotlight. Just show up and like zip up your human suit and be a person for forty eight hours uh, in in a disaster zone. Um, it, it like <clears throat> I, I'm still. It, because it impacts it, it well it doesn't impact me directly but because it's it's where i'm from i'm still furious at the government response over the uh the rail carnage in in ohio this to me this what's going on in hawaii smacks of another disgustingly missed opportunity just to to garner some goodwill and again very cynically where my mind goes is if this had been wisconsin if it had been michigan if it had been georgia a swing state he'd have been there but because they, they don't think that they can score any political will in Ohio, there's no need to go there. And because Hawaii votes two to one Democratic, there's really no need to go anywhere. There's no points to be gained by going to either one of those places. That's what I think the calculation was. That's the cynical part of my brain that, that views this through a political lens. Um, <clears throat> but to your point, what the Biden administration was saying is we didn't want to get in the way of the recovery efforts. Uh, to that, I say bull fucking shit. Having the most powerful person in the nation on the ground in the midst of a disaster is not a hindrance. It is somebody who can look around and go, are things going the way that we expect them to? Or do we need to step shit up? Because the on the ground reports in Maui is that FEMA is nowhere to be found and that the government response has been woefully inept. The people of Hawaii were angry when Biden showed up because it took him so long to get there and they have already had to deal with so much of this completely alone without the government's assistance. This is this is a time that the government needs to step their shit up and get things done. So um, that's where he gets zero points in my book in either direction. He doesn't get him for uh, a political calculation. He doesn't get him for actually trying to do anything. Um, missed opportunity and... Uh, Actually, I'm going to go with uh, that was a low blow. The ref takes a point away. Fair enough. You, you threw out a bunch of good adjectives there in your in your little <laughs> spiel, but I didn't I didn't mark them down. So can you give me just a few more? Give me like three more adjectives. Three more adjectives. Um, oh man, now now that I'm like, it's it's weird. Like somebody puts you on the spot and they're like, hey, give me this, and you're like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Uh, hang on, let me let me let me open this up real quick because I've got I've got some I've got a novel uh, open that I'm I'm working on right now. Sour, that's a good one. That's a good that's a good adjective. Sour, um, uh, moldering. I like that as an adjective. Um, and uh, crisp. Okay. Yeah. The FEMA organization. Yeah, uh, I, I guess <laughs> FEMA, I, they don't need the the there. Um, but they are <laughs> warning um, they are going to run out of money. Uh, Shocker. Really soon, like in a few weeks. So that's a problem. It is. That's a problem. There's not enough money there. Considering we haven't even really gotten into the main hurricane season in Florida and the southeast. No, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring up, uh, talk about Hillary and not yeah. her emails, but that <laughs> this is like this. I would say this week is uh, peak hurricane season. This is like yeah. the next six weeks. This is major development time. And on the Atlantic side, 
We've had like four storms develop. Like a conveyor belt of them. Most of them are probably not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Thankfully. Uh, Harold spawned and hit like Texas immediately. Mm-hmm. Which, again, that's probably overall good for Texas. They're also very dry. Yeah. They're also very dry. Uh, so Harold can bring some relief out there. It's been hot in Texas. Like, holy crap. It's been hot everywhere. It has been. Uh, this I didn't realize. Apparently, the like the heat actually does make a difference in in when a hurricane hits for, in, in like recovery efforts because mud from hurricanes like in in a dusty area when it gets sun baked for so long it turns to concrete and it fundamentally changes like what the recovery effort looks like. Oh, that's very interesting. It's very interesting, right? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think about my. I think about my potted plants. Um, sure. I, you know, I can water them every day, but if they're just out there in the sun baking, like that, that dirt becomes so hard, hardened. Hard, yeah. Hard, yeah. Everything's brittle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. That sucks. But the weather is tends to be kind of nice for like a day or two after a hurricane mm-hmm. blows through. Like things actually feel kind of pleasant. Uh, so I guess that's a silver lining during a uh, post-storm cleanup. Sure. Because remember, Texas recently said, hey, we're not going to mandate water and rest breaks for like excessive heat and stuff. Unfucking believable it, This is not, again, this is not, uh, this is not solely a Texas thing. This is coming out across the board where like OSHA uh, wants to put some standards in place. Again, they're like trying to react to the changes in weather and climate in recent years and you have a lot of companies and smaller governments that are like no and that like i'm i always rail about like late stage capitalist hellscape right and that is that is argument a for it when you're in a when you run a company and your workers ask for basic humanity, like being able to stop and take a water break in places like Texas where it is routinely 90 or 100 degrees or more. And you say, no, you, you, can't, you, you can't have water. Like, I, I, I realize that these people are getting paid for their labor, but I don't think it's that far off to uh, draw comparisons to uh, you know, <laughs> the people that, that were forced to build the pyramids, right? Like, <laughs> not exactly ideal working conditions when you're uh when you're not allowed to when you're not even provided water like ryan we don't we don't know who built the pyramids okay i i think i think we have it on pretty good authority it was aliens 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 yeah yeah like sorry let me let me do this real quick Uh uh-huh aliens okay hang on hang on I, i i got you let me ready Oh, yours is much better. Aliens. Damn it. Well, you've got Egon hair. You've got it's, the it, real it, Ghostbusters Egon hair going on. Yeah, I was going to say, it is It is absolutely the, the blessing and the curse of having Egon Spangler hair. That was some good hair. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. I wonder if that guy got hair plugs, uh, but he was like, I need long ones. I need them. I need, I need to be them long. for my show. <laughs> <laughs> They're a tax write-off. Uh, <laughs> just get bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. We're going to take a look at the VFX budget of ancient aliens. See, now we're going to have to actually like release the video of these though, because people are, they're going to need to see that in order to, to really, you know, 
understand. Yeah, what... <laughs> we're trying to emulate the guy from Ancient Aliens. Um, if you if you follow him, I think there's YouTube compilations of this. Actually, if you oh, follow yeah. him from the beginning of the series to where he is now, the, the hair got progressively progressively wackier. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was. I love that. That that's such a weird production choice. <laughs> They're like, you know, we want you to seem more and more just out there, completely unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> we want people to take you seriously, but like ironically. Right. <laughs> right. He's got to know what he's talking about. Look at that hair. He, he must know. He's an eccentric uh, genius of some kind. Yes. All scientists that are misunderstood but turn out to be right, they all have crazy hair. It turns out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yes, yeah, so the pyramids were built by slaves. A lot of slaves. Right. Yeah, exactly. We have it on and, relatively and- good authority. Yeah, exactly, and uh, and not to you know not trying to make any 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 kind of like. <sighs> Look, I just think that people should be able to get water when they want water when it's like not not hot out, disastrously hot out when it is inhumanely hot out when it is lethally hot out. People should be able to stop and get water, and if your priority is to squeeze them for every minute of labor over allowing them to get water. Um, one, like I said facetiously last week, and I'll say it facetiously again, but also draw and quarter these motherfuckers. Uh, like two, how does anybody else look at this and go, yeah, this, this seems like the kind of world I want to live in. This seems like the right thing for us is, is we should be putting profit above the, not even the comfort above human beings, the lives of, of human beings. Where does it end though, Ryan? First it's water breaks. First, it's water breaks. Then they're like, well, actually, we want Gatorade. Oh, no, Phil. Phil hates Gatorade. Can we also have Powerade? Uh, can we get Powerade orange? I know you have red and blue, but we really like the orange. And then uh, it becomes a whole like legal battle between Pepsi and Coke. And so, it's just, where does it go? Next thing you know, people are napping under a sabrette umbrella. <laughs> the slippery slope argument is always, I mean, you 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 do raise an, because I'm sure that's what the conservative argument is, is, well, you know, it's just... Next thing you know, they'll be asking for it's like the the answer to where does this slippery slope end is fucking somewhere. And I'll give you a great example because um, I'm I'm also very much in favor of prison reform. I think that the, the especially the United States for profit prison system is woefully destructive to the U.S. and uh, it, it it is it is a far greater harm than it is a societal good. And one of the models that I look to that is, I think they have a a better approach to it, um, like so many other things, because their democracies are just fundamentally more advanced, are the Scandinavian countries. The way that Scandinavian countries run their their penitentiaries, their their detention um, systems, it's far more humane and it's far more geared towards rehabilitation. There was, however, recently a case, I think this was in Denmark, of a prisoner who complained about the fact that he only had like a PlayStation 1 and he wanted a better video game system in his cell. So in argument of the slippery slope, that's where it ends. Like, yeah, no, man. Like, you are still in jail for doing bad shit. Like, we should be, we should treat you like a human being. Um, You should be provided with some sort of way to keep your mind active so you don't literally go fucking insane in an empty cell. But the idea that we would be providing prisoners with the most up-to-date forms of video gaming technology, no. Like, let's, that's the thing. is The slippery slope is inherently an irrational argument. We can have rational conversations about this. 
So it's yes, funny, do I, do I want your diatribe? Yeah, in your diatribe here, real quick. You just illustrated an example of what you're talking about, because, and it, again, and just for the sake of the argument, this yeah. guy said he wants something better than a PlayStation One. Right. And you you went to he wants the most up to date video game system. No, 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 no. <laughs> we can meet in the middle there and be like, okay, how about a Dreamcast? How about a Dreamcast? <laughs> All right, fair. You're right. I slippery sloped the slippery slope argument. Uh, no, it's a perfect illustration, though. It is a perfect right, yeah. illustration of how that conversation goes right. in in real spheres of influence. Yep. And and unfortunately, then people get hung up on the idea of the, what gets the soundbite that people will take away from that is we're going to give prisoners a PlayStation Five. It's like that's not that's not what we fucking said. That's not what the like the the crux of this argument actually is. The crux of the argument is. Let's find a way to treat prisoners more humanely, more like they're people, um, you know, more like they're human beings uh, that, that we are trying to hopefully rehabilitate so they can go back into society as more productive, uh, productive members. Well, um, if that guy, his income comes from like streaming games on Twitch, uh, then it's probably a nightmare that he's stuck playing like the original Crash Bandicoot. Parappa the Rapper. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great game. That was a great game. A great game I, I think I still good. have the the original, like the very first rap. Like I don't know why it's like lodged in my brain. It's kick punch. It's all in the mind. If you want to test me, I'm sure you'll find the things that I teach you are sure to beat you. But nevertheless, you'll get a lesson from teacher. Now, kick punch, block and pose. And I think that that's the that is the first. Where's that remake? Where? Why has Parappa the Rappa not gotten a remake? It needs to come back. Uh, we'll reach out to Snoop. Maybe Snoop's got connections to get this rolling. I actually think games. That, I, yeah, I think there'd be a market for it. If just from an ironic standpoint, people like, yo, I played Parappa. This. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'd love it. Yeah. I'd love it. Uh, the So I'm going to like completely tangent here in the minute yeah. but the point of what we're saying here is a uh, real nuanced conversation has to happen about these things like yeah with uh like authentic conversation like you have to actually give an effort yep. and not just be like nope nope anything out of your mouth that's that screams water break i'm i'm out right well come on and that's and 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 fundamentally the uh, the slippery slope arguments are a complete loss of nuance because it is it's it's it, it it is wiping the nuance completely out of the conversation. It's leaving no space for anything but extremes, right? If you're arguing a slippery slope, it's like people who argue like not to touch the hot stove here, but it's it's like people who say is it a you gas cannot. Stove? It is a gas stove, yeah. It's um, I know. Um, you, you can't have any kind of reasonable gun f- gun reform because the next step is people taking away your guns. It's like, no, that is not what anybody is actually arguing. There are lots of varying degrees in between here and a revocation of all firearms nationwide. We can have actual reasonable conversation about those in-between steps. Well, I think your Tennessee governor is trying to do that, but Dude. your legislature is like, no. Nope. I, I, no, 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 no. I, I think the legislature is actually on board with it, with it. They, they will allow guns in the state house, but not protest signs. Right. Yes. Um, I, I can't I, tell you how embarrassed I am to be living in this dictatorial hellscape of a state right now. And in this case, uh, Ryan's not emphasizing the dictator part of that word. He's emphasizing the dick. The dick. 
Yes. Because we have a lot of dicks in in the state legislature. Yes. It's it, it it's so it's so fundamentally busted. It's 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 deeply embarrassing and it is completely un-American and anti-democratic. Tennessee is uh like on the it, it is speed running fascism right now, and that's it's really not a an exaggeration. They they have put rules in place that if the uh, the Republican supermajority doesn't want to hear from the Democratic minority. They can be silenced for literally days at a time. They can have their opportunity to speak in front of the legislator removed for up to, uh, I think it starts at three days at a time for saying something that the supermajority has decided is, is, is out of order. Like that is not democratic. That's fascism. That is, that, I, I, I don't know how else to put it. Oh my God, Tennessee sucks. Well, get in line. I live in Florida. Yeah, I, I, I know. <laughs> uh, all the people that work for Reedy Creek, it's now the Central Florida Tourism Oversight Board or something like that. Yeah. They just lost all their Disney passes, dude. I know. It's so sad. It's really, it's so wild. Sad. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. It's some spiteful shit. The, the only thing that I'll say is this, is that I, it, Florida, I think... At its core is still, if the Democratic Party would actually give a damn, Florida, I think, is still purple enough that the pendulum could swing the other way. I, even with Nashville booming and being one of the most moved to cities in the United States right now, I don't see a world where Tennessee turns itself around. Like it's, it, it's, it's just locked this way. Um, you know, the, the urban metro centers of Memphis and Nashville are not enough to uh to sway the rest of the state so i think florida still has a chance um tennessee it it too far gone i like your optimism there that's that's nice we need a little more of that in the world it's delusional but i like it yeah <laughs> can you give me a plural noun a plural noun uh let's see how about um uh sparkles Okay. As in, in an individual sparkle, not the adjective, but like multiple sparkles. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, give me the name of a person, like celebrity or politician or just like some figure. I mean, the first one that jumps to mind is Teddy Roosevelt. Okay. I think he is our unofficial uh, spirit animal. He of is. This podcast right up there with uh, Huracong is our mascot. Hur- yep. And, and our, our spokesperson is Teddy Roosevelt, who... You know, in in the interest of of being, uh, you know, open eyed about it, like had his troubling uh, political stances, but he was also wildly progressive for his era. And so I try and give credit where it's due. Yeah. Yeah. Nuance. Nuance. Layers. Uh Embracing the grays. Yep, exactly. I like it. Uh, You brought up Scandinavia Mm -hmm. uh, a minute ago, and I think that is good time as any for one of our favorite segments. Is it Greta Watch? Greta Watch. <laughs> yes, it's Greta Watch. <laughs> it's been a minute. We were like, what, what's Greta been up to? What has she been up to? Um, well, the the court ruled she has to pay a fine. Uh, she was found guilty of okay. disobeying police during the climate protests, and she's ordered to pay over a little, uh, a little over 200 euros. Oh, wow. In fines. Okay. So, what's the exchange rate on that? I don't know. I think uh, I think the euro is stronger than the dollar, but Let's they're they're see. pretty close. Two hundred euro. Oh yeah, two hundred and fifteen dollars. So um, 
Okay, so the, yeah, the euro is stronger here. Yeah, uh, it, it is. Euro is is stronger than uh, than the dollar. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that. Yes, and then uh, that that hasn't stopped her though. Okay, um, I, I I can't imagine two hundred and fifteen dollars is is going to stop her. No, she canceled her participation at the Edinburgh Book Festival. Oh, in Scotland, uh, she pulled out, which was a huge deal because she was kind of one of the the, the tent poles. Yeah, of the event, and. That led to a bunch of other authors also threatening. Uh, and this is where it kind of gets the 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 climate change protests gets kind of messy. Okay. Because you're starting to boycott you boycott these things because of the energy and everything that goes into mm-hmm. putting on the festival. Like the yeah. festival itself is fine, but it's like what happened. Where did the resources and energy, who are the corporate sponsors that help make this thing happen? Yeah. Right? And it it, it leads into this discussion of what level of accountability are we comfortable with mm-hmm. in our day-to-day lives? Because some stuff is unavoidable. Yeah. And I think one of the easiest ones is, you know, we, we all own iPhones. Right. Well, I don't. But we, <laughs> not that's just because I prefer the Android uh, operating system. system. Yeah. But the uh, we we all own smart devices, and as we know, uh, smart devices the materials are mined mm-hmm. under uh, nebulous circumstances. They are manufactured. Yeah. Under largely not great circumstances. Yep. And we all participate in that. We encourage that inadvertently because we need slash want the hot new piece of technology. But I, I, smartphones become uh, they they become almost a necessary evil in our day to day lives. So, like, yeah. what is our level of accountability? Yeah. Um, so this actually uh, this was a discussion topic that I was considering bringing up uh, for this episode, but we're here. I can table my original discussion idea, and and I think that this might be might be a fascinating scab to pick at which is the question of the inevitability of technology and is it actually inevitable and are we reaching a singularity point where uh technological advances actually theoretically begin to harm humanity and and i'll I'll be clear on this i have not yet fully fleshed out my uh my stance or opinion on any of this I thought it'd be interesting to kind of thought experiment our way through and just sort of like uh, talk through initial thoughts and, and ideas because I agree that the the smartphone has become a it, it seems like in today's day and age it has become a necessary evil in a lot of ways. Um, I I question why that is. Like yes, there's a lot of convenience to having it, um, but it was not that long ago that we lived in a world where they were not necessary to navigate day-to-day society and it now feels like that there is an an, uh, uh, an element of necessity to it and and I'm curious about your your thoughts on on this is like because I, I agree like just the just the industry that supports the creation of the smartphone alone and its impact on climate health is not great it's it's not great on human health either like you pointed out that these uh, the the materials in them are mined and the, and they are manufactured in ways that are probably um, in in some cases, if not all cases, deeply morally questionable at best, uh, if not outright unethical and inhumane at worst. Um, and yet we are captured in a system that requires 
their usage. Yeah. Well, and this is a, so the first thing I'll say about this is it's very easy to pick a product as the scapegoat for this. Sure. In in this this day and age, it's easy to point to the iPhone. I think yeah. before iPhone, I think the go-to was like Nike shoes mm. as like the thing. Uh, everything, I would say so much of our day-to-day product usage, what we consume, yeah. tie, has ties to things that are ethically um, yeah. No, I and and I, I I agree with that. I think it's it, it's very very difficult to to sidestep to sidestep that. And just as and remember my argument from last week was not everything isn't politics; it's all economics. And so that I think is a um uh it, it, its own conversation. Um, I am curious though about the uh, the impact of technology on all of this, and at the risk of essentially making an argument for basically a modern form of like the the Amish faith where we lock technology around like late 90s and maybe that's as good as we really needed it. And anything beyond that is now, you know, we're strained from God. Um, these are not my actual opinions. I'm, I'm, I'm just, like I said, I'm just <laughs> jokingly kind of discussing. But like, I, I mean, the the argument is always, especially in the tech sector, if we don't invent it, somebody else will. And the question, um, I, I think the question is, is like, why? Like, what, what is this fundamentally solving for? And is it actually making art? Because I'm all for artistic expression through invention. But at the same time, uh, are, are we, we're, we're really starting to understand the deep, deep harm that screen time and smartphones have on the human psyche. That's where I'm, I'm wondering, have we invented ourselves into a space where not only are the products that we're using uh, uh, unethical just because of their impact on the planet, but do they actually service a, a societal good? Like, are they making our lives better? That's a great question. And I think uh, the pendulum has is largely swung toward the positive. Okay. Uh, it's would our lives suck if we went all this all of a sudden back to... 80s and 90s level technology yes but only because we know what we're missing uh-huh uh you know we've talked before about being in the past and trying to describe a smartphone and right. being like oh that's wizardry yep um god like how would you describe this age of technology we're in like give me like give me like four adjectives that uh, <laughs> like four adjectives to describe uh i mean Fast is the first one that, that comes to mind because everything needs to be done. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to go ahead and say um, arrogant. I think that there is an arrogance to this age of technology that the idea that, that technology can just solve everything um, when I, I, I don't think it can. So it's, it's fast. It's arrogant. Um, it's slick. We live in a very slick technological era, you know, where everything, like you were saying, needs to be the newest, the shiniest, the 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 best. Um, uh, but I'd also say uh, revolutionary. Um, it, there's there's no doubt that the advances that have been made uh, in technology have been some of the greatest leaps ahead in terms of our understanding of how things work, and and just again in the spirit of an invention, we've come up with some really unbelievable things during during this period well and we have and uh the the 
the reason why it's so easy to point to something like the iPhone is because uh-huh. it is like the biggest selling, most like groundbreaking yeah, it's, uh, it's technology. U- and it's has, ubiquitous. Yeah, it is. It's it's everywhere. Like and it's to the point where if my wife wants to send me memes, she has to send it to me through WhatsApp because I am on Android and she can't reliably send me right stuff through iPhone. And so I inadvertently get the snub where they're like, oh, you don't have an iPhone. My right. wife doesn't do that and she doesn't care. But like there's still loads of people that do the, oh, you're a green bubble. I don't I don't I don't fuck with green bubbles, like, which oh, is well, back off fucking weird in its own right. It's that just, is so strange. Like it's Pepsi versus Coke, right? Like it's but, just who cares? But the idea that there are there are people who actually will make dating decisions based on what color bubble comes up when you when you text them for the first time. Like I I I, I have like a visceral reaction to that. Like that's so reviling to me um, that we we live in such a plastic society. Uh, that 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 is the way that that people are judging one another is what what phone do you have like because here's the thing again in in argument of is technological are these technological advances a true societal net positive or net negative um, the cell phone I think is actually a societal net positive I think that there are a lot of there are a lot of ways that like the cell phone helps with human safety and with, uh, you know, uh, emergency reactions. It's it is helpful to have an instant communication device in your pocket at all times that allows you to reach out to emergency services, family members, whoever, whatever that I think is ultimately a net positive. Truly ask yourself. And I, and I mean, like, really look inward and think about these things. What is the net positive of having Instagram at your at your fingertips, like at at instant for like that that instant uh, access, because you know original social network. Because everybody will say it's well, it's so that you can stay in touch with people. That you know, that's what originally social networking was about. And like web spaces, web websites like MySpace, that's what they helped you do was was keep in contact with people that you weren't necessarily near. And I think that there's still a place for that in a more uh, structured and and cordoned way, like on the computer. I don't, I every time I open up Instagram now, I'm asking myself, what am I looking for? What do I actually want out of this experience? And and I'm, I'm picking on Instagram, but there are a lot of apps and a lot of these like little, you know, programs that run on our phones that I think is a fair question to ask. Truly, what is the net benefit of having this at instant access? I need to see all the good dogs at any given moment. <laughs> it's it, it, it's see it's that little tag at the end at any given moment that that's that's the question that I have. I'm not saying take away the pictures of all the good dogs. Like yeah, of course I love to go on Instagram and look at all the good dogs. I like to look at all the good cats too. Like uh, equal opportunity as far as cute animals go. Do I really need to see them while I'm sitting on the toilet? Like I know that's that's really graphic, but well, let's be honest about when a lot of people are using this shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Readers' Digest sales plummeted with the advent of social media, because the Readers' Digest was crucial to toilet to, surfing. To toilet surfing, yep. <laughs> and it's just never been the same. Yeah. So, RIP, pour one out for Reader's Digest. Seriously, I think they're though. still around. I don't know. I think they're still around, yeah. But 
No, I, 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 truly though, like you know, we find ourselves constantly, and it, like I, I think about how often I just Google something, and 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 now we're you know beginning to understand that Google is kind of inaccurate and is really just going to surface what its top paid results necessarily are and not always the most correct information. But like if I go through just some of my my most recent Google searches and ask myself like was it really critical for me to know this truly absolutely in the moment that uh, uh, that I had it like uh, you know I, I, I question best OCR shoes of 2023 obstacle course running shoes did I need to know that at the exact moment I was looking at it um, you know like best trail running shoes again uh, I, I I googled Hellboy because I was curious about like the the comic book did I need to know it in that very moment or is that something that I could have waited on to sit down at my computer and actually and, and look up like I, I think that there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of that the um, the instant access and asking ourselves do we really need this right this very second or is it something that could have waited to me it's not so much about um the rapid ease of access as mm-hmm. much as it's like what what was the compromise in the mm-hmm. process of getting that uh not and not necessarily compromise to myself although yes i could probably be way more productive in my day to day if yeah. I was not distracted by doom scrolling, right? Uh, but I need to find all the good dogs. Uh, the but more just like having these products in our lives, yeah. And what because we need the latest and the newest, yeah, and the greatest, and we have to search and figure out what Google says in terms of which of these is actually the greatest and best. And mm-hmm. uh, can't get a definitive answer. It's very weird. It's almost like it's all tied to marketing. Almost. Uh, but there's like, what is our culpability as consumers on, on the global? Because the only way to reliably make an impact and boycott stuff like this is with the, your wallet. Yeah. Is say, hey, I don't want this. And I'm going to use a very stupid example. Okay. I play Destiny 2. Okay. I enjoy Destiny. Great. I have a love-hate relationship with that game. Yeah. Uh, but I enjoy the grind with my friends. Yeah. And doing the same things. But- Bungie continues to make a lot of decisions that pisses off the player base. Right. That same player base will go and buy the new expansion each year. So Bungie does not care nope. what you say about them because you are giving them money. So I'm like, there's a there's a new expansion that comes out in uh, just a few months. And there are some things that make it really tantalizing. I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. Because... I know that despite those little like teasing tidbits that I would love to experience at the end of the day, the game is still largely pissing me off. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm not going to give more money to this. And I think, I think more and more people need to do that is to be like, I have to make a conscious decision of, do I want to participate in something knowing all these different ramifications? I, you, you, you know what's uh, I'd, I'd love to see the um, the trend line on in that I- exact is the increase in impulse buying as payment became more and more electronic because think about like the good old days of having to go out and buying a uh, a video game sequel let's say you absolutely freaking loved the Legend of Zelda and you found out that Nintendo came back 
and they just released The Legend of Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Now, anymore, that would either be like a DLC or a direct download. And you would have a credit card linked to your gaming system and you could set up an auto purchase. And whether or not you ever really touched that game or put money into it, you would support that ecosystem just because it's convenient and simple and easy. Whereas it used to be in the days of The Legend of Zelda and The Adventure of Link, you had to take out money <laughs> because you know credit cards still in, in the, the late 80s were obviously on the rise, but maybe not as ubiquitous as they are now. You had to hold that money in your head and make the conscious decision, I'm going to get up, drive to the store, find this game, give them the money that I have in my hand for this game, and then go back home to sit down and play it. And along the way, there's a lot of opportunities for you to go back on that decision and be like, maybe I don't need to do this right this second. But we are now constantly trapped in an addiction loop of consumerism and i am deeply guilty of this myself like it is we all I, are yeah like i i am not i am not holding myself up as a bright shining standard my girlfriend will tell you ryan is the one who will spend money if, if between the two of us um but i still like i like to let things sit in an e-shopping cart for a while before pulling the trigger on them because it makes me stop and think about do i do i really need this to add to my human experience it's it's a fair question, and much like um, uh, much like many other like woke conversations, um, <laughs> this is not about trying to make an individual feel bad about right. participating no, no, no. in these things. No, but it no. does mean to have an awareness and some awareness, know yeah. what you're doing, and ex- accept it, in embrace it, or you know try to try to alter your behavior in a different way. Uh, you, you can. You could outright boycott because you're like, no, I don't want, uh, I don't want Chinese children assembling my iPhones right um, until two o'clock where they switch to like cigars. Um, but you know, you can also be like, okay, well, I'm going to use my phone that was put together by Chinese children with scar-stained fingers, uh, and I'm going to do something positive with it. Sure, it's perspective. Yeah, uh, Ryan, I need a plural noun. A plural noun. Actually, I need three. Ooh, oh, uh, water bottles. Um, okay. Multiple, multiple water bottles. Uh, let's see. What else? What are what are things that are funny in groups? Puffins. Um, I'll go with puffins. I think puffins are, are good in groups. And uh, uh, what about what about? Um, hmm. Well, I'm looking at my Super Nintendo. Nintendos. Multiple Nintendos. There's, okay. They're, they're, the world would be a better place if everybody had at least one Nintendo. And I do mean mm. Nintendo, like the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, when you had to be more patient with games and just grind slower. I think, I think there was something to be said about it. Okay. So. And now one more singular noun. One more singular noun. Um, clock. Okay. Excellent. Now, uh, like we said at the top of the episode, uh, we, we aren't able to really give a good layered... Um, dissection of the first Republican debate. Not yet. Uh, but I did get, uh, I did reach forward in time and ah. I have a transcript. Oh, perfect. I have a transcript of a segment of the debate. Excellent. And um, so we're, I, I thought we should just kind of get into and really kind of talk about this statement that I, I did receive okay. through the time stream. Let me let me open up a note so that I can uh, write down my responses in, in real time that way. Um, 
Yeah, because I'm curious about this. I, I'm sure I'll have strong opinions. So. This is what you do in real life when you watch these things, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. Dude, Go ahead. Ridiculous. All right. <clears throat> All right. So here's the here's the transcript that I got. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, on this grimy occasion, it is a privilege to address such a verdant-looking group of chairs. I can tell from your smiling sparkles that you will support my crisp program in the coming election. I promise that if elected, there will be a cyborg in every jacuzzi and two water bottles in every garage. I want to warn you against my revolutionary opponent, Mr. Roosevelt. The man is nothing but a slick singularity. He has a fast character and is working clock in glove with the criminal element. If elected, I promise to eliminate vice. I will keep the Nintendos off the city streets. I will keep crooks from dipping their puffins in the public till. I promise you sour government, moldering taxes, and arrogant schools. That's wow. the end of the transcript. I, I, I like, first of all, <clears throat> whoever this this politician is that wants to take Nintendos out of the homes, um, I, I mean, already I have a, I have a severe well, policy uh, disagreement. Off, off the streets. Off, off the, the streets. streets. You can't have rogue Nintendos just like just flooding around. the streets. I also don't know that I'm fully on board with a jacuzzi or a, a cyborg in every jacuzzi. I, I actually it think that seems counterintuitive. It does. Um, I think it will, would would be damaging to them and a, just a complete waste of technology. Uh, moldering taxes? No. See, I'm not in. I'm not in favor of this either because we need to update the tax code. So if you're just going to let the tax code like rot away as it is, nah, see, I, I can't be. I can't be behind it. Well, m- moldering taxes. I like you kind of dissect that, and you're like, well, that's that's where we are, right? Like that. That's kind of just I, well, status quo. It is, yeah. So that if taxes, they, yeah. but just that's a, that's the thing though. I like. I they want will not raise reform. or lower. They are going to just leave it alone. Yeah, no, it's it's not good. It's not. It, it, I'm. I. I. I, di- I disagree. Um, yeah, and uh, the two water bottles in every garage. I could be on board with that. That that seems like a, a fairly reasonable uh, policy. I, I, parsing the nuance and and trying to be you know fair about it. Yeah, um, I I think that's that's a good thing to strive for. Is everybody should have access to water. Um, that's that's a good one. Um, this was a scathing attack on Mr. Roosevelt, though. It was uh, like. He is working clock and glove with clock the criminal and element. Glove. I, I, and you know what? And also, I think it's it's an interesting, it's an interesting attack line to call your opponent revolutionary. You know, like uh, that. I, I'm curious who gave them this talking point because to call your opponent revolutionary seems like you're elevating their platform a little bit. Kind of, kind of. You know? Unless maybe you like. Uh, it's, when you get a transcript, uh, you, you lose some of some of the the, the subtext here, and he, he might have been doing like an air quotes situation. Oh, My okay. Revolutionary opponent. He's just a slick singularity. Okay. A slick singularity. Yeah, that's a uh, that that's interesting. Um, I mean, Roosevelt was pretty slick. I'll give him that. Um, I don't know that he's a singularity though. I mean, he's he, I, he definitely has his own gravity to him. I'll so. You know, I I will I'll give this politician points for um, interesting wordplay. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll give them that. Now, my question is, which version of time travel are we playing by? What rules? Because uh, uh, now that I have this, yeah, am I supposed to give it to the politician to satisfy that timeline? Yeah. So I guess there's three different. There's three potentially different timelines or time travel rules that we're playing off of, which is Endgame rules where everything has to be put back, uh, back to the future rules where you'd have to continue to go back in time to undo changes that were made, 
or Terminator rules where nothing fucking matters and uh, the world is just doomed. Um, so I'm I'm not sure which of those we're, we're playing by. I don't know. See, I'm... I don't know about the Terminator aspect because this guy, like, he's specifically saying we want to put a cyborg in every jacuzzi. Oh, that seems like a dead giveaway. Right. That's some Skynet shit right there, which right. means that we're already fucked. And it doesn't matter how many times we future save the world, we are future doomed every time. Yeah, like, what, what, what's Sarah Connor supposed to do with this transcript? Like, what is she supposed to do with this no. transcript? Yeah. No, she's going to try to stop it, use way too many guns along the way. Yeah. And it won't matter. It, it, it will matter for nothing. No, it's yeah, just whatever. Ugh, unfortunate. Whatever. That's that's great. You know, there might actually be time to send this to DeSantis. Uh, I feel like he debate. needs it. I think he does. Like based on his his leaked uh, debate prep stuff, uh, I think he can. This this can't hurt. I will it, say this can't hurt. It really can't. No. Yes. I'll, also, uh, this is interesting. I because um, we were talking. Uh, I, was it last episode or the one before that about how there can't be contact between a super PAC and their um, uh, <laughs> yeah. their candidate? I didn't realize this. This is kind of interesting. So DeSantis made a lot of noise early on for like raising a ton of money, but he overspent what he's allowed to in a primary based on where those funds came from, which means of like the twenty million dollars that he raised. 15 of them are locked up in his super PAC that can't be spent unless he gets to the general election. That's super fascinating. It is. And I wonder if maybe he didn't realize that. That's the thing. I was like, that seems like a pretty poor strategy decision, but also who the fuck dropped the ball on that one? It just shows a Bush League junior varsity candidate who thinks they can swing with the big boys. Like, I do not like Vivek Ramaswamy. I, I, like, I've, I oh, really disagree with his his policy and his outlook. And he says some shit that I think is just ill-informed, even though he says it in a very intelligent, articulate way. Um, his idea of how he would bring Russia to heel is possibly one of the most one of the stupidest things I've ever heard, even though it sounds really intelligent. Anyway, he is playing his campaign better than Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy has never been a politician before. But to the guy's credit, he went out and learned how to play the fucking game. And DeSantis is already, like, cash poor because he overspent on, on the front end. Like, dude, what 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 are you doing? Yeah, send that to DeSantis. He needs these notes. Yes, this might, yeah, this might help. Yeah. This, this might help him, actually. Do, uh, do I want to help him? I don't know. This is, see, again, what is my level of accountability? <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if contributing to anyone is is good or bad. I just don't know. I'm paralyzed here, right? I'm paralyzed. I don't paralyzed. know. Paralyzed. Yep. Maybe there will be advice in my fortune cookie. <laughs> <laughs> One can only hope. Uh, yes. Yes. Or maybe I'll actually play the numbers. I always there you say go. this. I yeah. never will. But you know. <laughs> you, no. You know what? Maybe I'll go to the gas station today. It's my kid's birthday. I'll get a scratch off. There you and go. If I do win, I'm not giving him shit. No. This, this is my shock face. <laughs> We're like, oh, all right, fine. Here's $20. <laughs> Go get yourself a soda pop. Right, exactly. I'm Start very hung up on this. I'm very hung up on the way you pronounce soda pop. We're, soda pop. We're, we're, we're out of time. We don't have time to get into this, but you say soda pop. <laughs> it, like, it, it grates my soul a little bit. I'm like, why? Every time I talk about going to get yourself a soda pop. Yeah, it, it's... <laughs> It's not great, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna heavily research uh, 
Gen Z slang to explain to you why that why, is not a bussin word. Why it's not bussin? No. Why it isn't full send? Yeah, yeah no On cap. God. No cap. I hate I hated this last five seconds. <laughs> but that's all the time we have for today. That's what we got today. <laughs> Once again, we've done the bare minimum of prep, but I think we got a good conversation out of it anyways. Oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. It was wonderful, and I can't promise it'll be any better next week, but tune in and find out. Tune in and find out. We, we'll, we'll come to the table with something next week. We, we always have something to talk about. As always, I've been Josh. I'm Ryan. It's Morning Radio TBD. Thank you for listening. Have a good week, folks. <laughs>